0: Hey everybody! Welcome to the VPZD Show. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Zubin Damania. I'm a
1: hospitalist and uh, 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 internet guy. Uh, what do you think, VP? <laughs> and a graduate <laughs> of UCSF and a former Stanford faculty member. A lot of things. A lot of things in the Thanks past life. Thanks for fluffing me. Thanks for fluffing me. How about you? You are a UCSF <laughs> assistant assistant professor, associate, associate professor. Associate, Don't you take that Ooh, away sorry. from me? I don't take that away from down. me. That is an important <laughs> change in letters. Yes, I'm an associate professor in epidemiology biostatistics, and I'm a hemonk doctor, and um, what else, I don't know, I run a lab called VK Prasad Lab, we do health policy research, and I do this with you, mostly for my own entertainment, that's what I do it for. Hey, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby.
0: Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I gotta say this, you've you've been very outspoken lately, doing a lot mm-hmm. of great work that has generated, of course, the usual controversy, but the, the thing you addressed is something that I have been talking about intermittently, but it's the Joe Rogan, Robert Malone, Peter McCullough stuff. So the. the Yes, Big let's interview. let's get into it. Yes. Let's get into it. Now, why are we even talking about this? So this guy, Robert Malone, yeah. who claims to have invented um, mRNA. the question mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: invented the question mark. <laughs> Dr. Evil. Yeah. Dr. Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil. Yes.
0: He made outlandish claims like he invented the question mark. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, um, he claims that he invented mRNA and as a result, he has the authority to speak about vaccines. And he's made some interesting claims that I think uh, you've talked about, I've talked about. We're going to to get into it in detail today, but why does it matter? Because Rogan has a lot of reach and a lot of people are talking about this, and I think there are many people who are convinced not to vaccinate either adults or children's based on what he said. Now, you you and I have both had a kind of nuanced take on kids and COVID vaccines and myocarditis and that kind of and thing. And mandates. We're nuanced on mandates. We're nuanced on mandates. We're nuanced on uh, any kind of actual
1: policy that-, yes. that yeah, but 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 on advising adults to get vaccinated, we are unanimous. <laughs> we are yeah. united. Yes.
0: yes. Uh, so so let's talk about this. Uh, to, to, how do you want to start? Because this is a, a morass that many many have yes. feared to tread in, and I yes. and it doesn't be it doesn't behoove us when the mainstream uh, sort of physician community, like the 270 doctors that signed a petition,
1: you to mean say, you I, mean t- uh, like 55 doctors and like like 80 fake people or something? It looks like I think that. <laughs> (laughs) I think the petition is crumbling. Yeah, I don't think... I don't know. I saw some news reports saying that they're not all doctors and it's kind of a...
0: Yeah. Ah, You know, they said that about Great Barrington too. They're like, these aren't really scientists. They're all like But they had eleven thousand signatures, you know, so I'm sure some were fake, but yeah. Some were fake. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the 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 idea that these 270 physicians are calling out Rogan and saying you need to or or uh, Spotify, you need to deplatform Rogan for platforming this guy. How about this? How about a direct point by
1: point rebuttal to what the guy is saying? Um
0: because that's that's exactly exactly, the use of your time.
1: Yeah. So That's really well put. And I think that's what led me to do this for Unheard Magazine. And maybe we'll put a link in the show notes to this article. But, um, you know, basically I sat down and I listened to both episodes twice. You know, I listened at a little bit faster than one time speed, but I listened to both twice. And You you need a prize for that, dude. That's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like three hours plus three hours plus yeah. three hours plus three hours, you know. But uh, but maybe I got through it in, I don't know, six, seven hours. And then as I was listening the second time, I took notes and my notes were basically like, oh, he said this, he said this, he said this. And McCullough said this and this and this. And then I put them together and I tried to say, let's put this in a bucket, this in a bucket. And I really wanted to like do a fair job of actually summarizing what they actually say, which I think is the first rule of uh, proper scholarship and debate. And then what mm-hmm. I wanted to do was say, you know, is there anything they're getting right? And if so, what? And I actually thought there's a lot they get right. And actually, mm. it is good that they're saying. And then I also saw, is there something they're getting wrong? And what is that? And there's a lot they get wrong. And so, you know, I just fundamentally don't believe. First of all, writing a letter that we should deplatform Joe Rogan, uh, are they crazy? I mean, let's just talk about that for a second. Let's say, hypothetically, Spotify. Spotify cancels their most popular act. Sure, maybe they'll do that. Maybe they'll do that. They'll cancel the guy with, what, six million downloads an episode or seven million an episode? Maybe they'll do that. And then what? What will Joe Rogan do? Joe Rogan could hang a shingle out in front of his house and he'll get a million people to sign up to that shingle. You know, Easily. He, easily. You can't silence this guy. And you shouldn't want to. Actually, yeah. you should yeah. want to give him credit where credit is due. And I think he does deserve some credit. Um, he's an open-minded guy. He's often quite funny. He is a comedian, um, and he's a good interviewer. You know, I've heard him interview Neil deGrasse Tyson and some other Brian Greene. Uh, it's spectacular interviews on science. Oh yeah, those are great.
0: Yeah, great. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He's um, op- you know, he's he's allows people a forum to talk, and um, and and you know, he is willing to change his mind and willing to engage in dialogue. And uh, I don't know. I think you know, it's not for me to decide should he have had these two on, but these two people. Um, were canceled from other platforms, which is what naturally led them to go get you know get that extra bump to get on his show, and now it's clear that that has backfired. And by canceling Malone and McCullough, you have actually amplified McClo- M- Malone and McCullough in you know an order of magnitude more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the, the bottom line is, canceling just doesn't work. If your goal is to shut people up, it won't work. If your yes. goal is to get attention to yourself and show your righteousness, that will work for a second in your own tribe. That's it.
1: Your own so tribe. Yeah. the
0: whole cancel thing is nonsense, and it, we're seeing it now. So okay, so now because yeah, a bunch right. of yeah, go on. Y- yeah, because people try to deplatform these guys, you and I are stuck with the painful job of watching hours of this shit and then going through and and point by point. So let,
1: let, let's let's do it. Do you want to? And I'm going to alternate it for you. Something he says right, and something he says wrong. Is that fair? Perfect. Let's do it, and then and we may disagree on what he says. Right? Even. Okay, Who that's uh, yeah, all, yeah. all the better, all the better. Yep. But I think at least for a couple, I think we've talked about so much before that I think we'll probably be in agreement. But maybe a couple will disagree. So let's yeah. talk about one thing, which is I think he gets right, which is that um, you know Malone says, "quote." Um, he's talking about vaccine safety. Quote, no discussion of risk is allowed, end quote. And he says, there are some people out there who if any time you bring up vaccine safety, you're labeled pejoratively an anti-vaxxer and that's used to stifle debate. And actually, this is the thing that I kind of gave him credit for because in the universe of vaccine safety signals, and it could have done many things, but there's one safety signal that has become very important, and that's myocarditis in boys between the ages of, let's say, 12 and let's say 30. That was the important safety signal from Pfizer and Moderna. The other safety signal that was important was in women after Johnson & Johnson um, under the age of 50 and vaccine-induced thrombocytopenia and thrombosis. Those are two important safety signals, and they require, I think, you need to think differently about vaccinating those groups of people. Um, So Malone... And to some degree, McCullough, they talk about this. And what do they say that I think we'll all agree on? Boys more than girls. Moderna more than Pfizer. Or maybe I said that. They didn't say that. Um, the precise estimates, I think, you know, they range from one in three to six thousand. Um, and you know, it has to do with how many doses you need. And I'll say, like, you know, I, I can't tell you the gold standard right answer that requires randomized controlled trials. But what I can tell you is, um, if you're a boy in that target age group. And you get one dose, and then you had an Omicron infection before dose two. I think there's an open question of whether or not you need the second dose. If you're a boy in that age group, you've had two doses. Do you need a booster? Question mark. And in fact, our friend Paul Offit, you know, he wrote in the Atlantic. He told his own son, who's in his twenties, don't get the booster. I'm not convinced you you need that. The other thought I think it leads to is should you space the second dose further out, Um, or you know, for people who have had one dose and then recovered is that enough? Or if they had natural infection and just got one dose, is that enough? And I think these are really important questions because the more you dose them with this product, they're running the risk of mRNA every time you dose. But their risk of hospitalization and death, you know, there's a huge reduction with that first dose. And each additional dose, we don't know exactly, but it might modestly change that. But again, it's the law of diminishing returns. So the thing I give him credit for is Yes, we should talk about it. No, you're not an anti-vaxxer for talking about vaccinating people safely. In fact, you're called a good doctor. Um, You and I have talked about it a lot. Um, You and I are very nuanced about it. Um, So that's something I give him credit for. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, no, I I think you're correct. What I will say, the nuance I'll put into that is that he's starting to frame. He's using a sort of a uh, rhetorical tactic where he's saying, "You can't even talk about this. Anyone who gets talked about, talks about this, gets shut down." But that's a little disingenuous. Um, It's true. You get labeled an anti-vaxxer by you know hardcore thesis people who are trying to virtue signal. But the truth is. We've been talking about this. ACHIP meeting notes are public. You can see how they debate in and out about myocarditis and these kind of things. Great Britain actually publicly says, you know, I'm not sure about vaccinating young, you know, 5 to 11-year-old boys, you know. So so the stuff is discussed. So, yes, he's right. It's okay. incorrect to Fair. try to stifle debate. Yeah. But I do think that he's overblowing the um, the lack of discussion. The lack okay, of but let me push
1: back on you on one thing, okay? Do On it. this issue. Okay? Here's what I think. Let's be honest. Over the last 10 years, you are one of the top five greatest proponents for vaccination in the media ecosystem because you are a powerful social media personality, a doctor who has advocated for vaccines for a decade, for more than a decade. Is that fair to say? You've had Paul Offit on your show 10, 20 times maybe. I don't know how many times.
0: Yeah, I, I, I had him on the show to the point where uh, physically in the studio, anti-vaxxers were banging on. They figured out where we were. They echolocated us using bat signals and came and actually started pounding on the window while we were doing a live show. That's wow, how much that's of a, scary. That's my pro okay. vax uh, okay, uh, okay. Credentials. Cred- credentials. Okay, so so that's
1: <laughs> point number one. You have been doing this for a long time, and you have been, I think, a great advocate for vaccination Okay, point number 2 is you are somebody who's talked about this issue and you have a nuanced point of view on this issue, which I think is fair. Um and even Paul Offit does too, by the way. Okay, then point number 3. The word anti vaxxer is an epithet. It is a it's like calling somebody the f-word. I mean, it's a nasty word, right, mm. to call right mm. I mean to some degree. Okay, point number 4. I have seen people call you that in recent weeks. Now, you know, and myself. Um yes. So I guess the point I want to make is that we are living in a really delusional place. If Z Dog MD, the guy who's basically been pushing <laughs> vaccines for 20 years, you know, if Z Dog MD is an anti vaxxer, then it's like Neil Armstrong is an anti astronaut. You know, like what are we talking about anymore? What the hell are we talking about? It, this is crazy. It, it, it,
0: I'll say this, I, I, I cannot disagree with that. I'll say this, what's interesting is there's a purity aspect to it, a religiosity yes. to it. So on the, you know, vaccine advocacy side, you know, it's, it, bless their hearts. And I say this not in the Southern way, like <laughs> where it's a pejorative. I'm saying it like, I really feel bad. The position is hard because there's so much miss and disinformation, so much confusion, so many professional sort of activists that have been opposing childhood vaccines that these people have a playbook that, they've had to go by for a long time. Then along comes a pandemic where there's some nuance and they're using the same playbook. So right. if I'm not, and, and the, you know what's interesting is the way they attack me is by a proxy attack on you. So because you ask about myocarditis, the attack on me is, look, we know Dog's not an anti-vaxxer, but he sure platforms some anti-vaxxers. I'm like, so who are those? Oh, uh, who are those? Marty? Marty. Dr.
1: Marty Macquarie, the professor from Hopkins, or Dr. Vinaya Prasad, the guy who has vaccinated more people than I'm sure they have because I vaccinate post auto? (laughs) Uh, Okay, sure.
0: Exactly. So that's the thing. It's it's a purity issue. You're not ideologically pure on it, therefore, you need excommunication. But I think that's
1: where Malone has the point, which is that, like, you know, Marty Marty, and I and Monica and uh, – well, I mean, what are we talking about anymore? We are all doctors. We're all doctors. We went to med school to help people. That's our goal. We may disagree on policy issues. We're all pro-vaccine. I don't th- – I mean – I, I don't know if there, there may be a few doctors who truly fit the anti-vax label who are, you know, um, categorically opposed to v- the vaccines, but we're all professors. What, what, what kind of a claim is that? You think we've been like lying and, you know, I don't know, hiding out, waiting to say myocarditis after dose two. Why were we quiet about, we were quiet about childhood vaccination for 10 years and, you know, giving it in clinic and all this stuff, you know, like wh- what is, what do people really think? They really think we're like secret anti-vaxxers? Are they crazy? They, they, you know, they literally do. Yeah, they literally I think they're, do. They're, and it might and, not I, be, the brains might I, not be
0: working. Yeah. Well it's delusion. Yeah so it's delusion. Like, your your piece was retweeted by or refeatured in the Epic Times or something and yes, people right, which suddenly I don't control. think yes. which you don't control. It, it's this kind don't of it, you that. know it's yeah. it's actually a logical fallacy to attack someone with a guilt by association fallacy. And and that's what they're doing. They're saying, Did you see do you look at the comments on your videos? There are anti-vaxxers there commenting on your videos. Therefore, you must be really resonating with the anti-vaxxers. And you're like, wait, wait, hold on, take a breath. Um, it's because we're actually talking in nuance that people who would never listen to us are now listening to us, and that's why you and and I and Marty, you're meeting people where they are, which is Public Health 101, they're sending us emails saying, you're the only person who ever could have convinced me to get a vaccine, I am an anti-vaxxer. They self-identify as anti-vaxxers, and they're going and getting the COVID vaccine because they finally heard a doctor who actually doesn't speak to them like they're idiots, right? So.
1: Um, so anyway, but, then, but then let me make this point. But but to to Malone's point, the fact that people look around and they see Z Dog is called anti-vaxer by proxy. You know, Vinay Prasad, professor of hematology, oncology, he's called anti vaxxer. When they see that, they see there's a lot of academics out there who say, you know what, I just don't want to talk about it um, because I want to stay out of yep. this debate. So it, it does yep. stifle debate. I do think, Ooh, good like, point. You know, if you call people these words, if you call people words that don't apply, you stifle debate. Um, anyway, Ooh. so that's his point. But let's go to what he gets wrong because that's more fun. No, no, that's, great, that's know, maybe not point. I'm going
0: to take that point as, as very right. well taken. Yeah, go for I it. I mean,
1: we're on the same page on this. But okay, yep. this is where I think I was claim uh malone mccullough vaccines have lots of other dangerous side effects so he says there's what about that boy with seizure and paralysis what about it it may have a major quote major threat to reproductive health for women what about that what about suppressing t-cells and then causing you to have cancers later unusual cancers you know he said all these things and i guess what i would say is yeah um you know obviously i think um how can I put it? I think that's that's not good to say all those things because in two ways it's not good. I mean, one, it's kind of irresponsible. Like, there, you, 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 well, what, what if you got the vaccine and your big toe fell off? What if you got the vaccine and <laughs> and you developed gouty arthritis and it was really bad, Z-Dog? You know? What if you got gouty arthritis? I thought I heard about somebody. I heard about somebody who got gouty arthritis. I mean, this is bad. I mean, one, there are a lot, infinitely possible things that could happen to you after vaccination, some good, some bad the burden is on people to kind of validate these things as linked to vaccine before you start going around telling people about what you worry yep. about. Um, and when you when you say that it might cause unusual cancers, and I've not seen any data that supports that claim. When you say that you really do fearmonger and you feed into that delusion that these things can do all sorts of negative things.
0: Yes. And, and okay, so this is where Malone Triggers a, a bit of emotional response on me, which I'm going to try to mm-hmm. I'm going to try to inhibit. I'm going to inhibit my brainstem for once today, um, because Rogan picks this stuff up right. Rogan's a smart guy, but then when you hear Rogan talk on his own about vaccines, he says, you know, I had a friend who was totally injured by vaccines with the COVID vaccine. She started having seizures, and I had another friend who had this happen. And it's like correlation, causation, complete disconnect from any standard of evidence to actually show that the vaccine caused that event. And Malone is in the same boat. So Malone, who, and and, and I'm just gonna use this as an example. So Malone has made a video directly addressing parents. And in this video, he says, I'm Robert Malone. I'm the inventor of mRNA technology used in the coronavirus vaccines you are now being presented with. As parents, you are about to make an irreversible medical decision to Mm -hmm. inject your children with this jab. Mm -hmm. He's using very specific language. I already watched
1: six six hours, Zito. You want to (laughs) watch more? (laughs) I'm
0: a masochist. I (laughs) want to see all, all of it. Well, so the point being is like on Rogan, he puts one face on and he I've escalates slowly. That, yeah. yeah. And then he goes elsewhere and he says this. He's this is exactly what he said. He said, you're injecting it in an irreversible way, making a medical irreversible decision. And here's what you're doing. You're giving them a toxin, the toxic spike protein, which will build up in their brain, nervous mm-hmm. system, reproductive mm-hmm. organs, and other mm-hmm. organs irreversibly causing toxicity. This is absolutely true. And you can never reverse it. So Think twice before you do this. And so what he does is really rhetorically interesting. He's unopposed. No one's challenging him. He's identifying himself as the inventor of the thing that he's now telling you not to do. He's like, I have secret knowledge that you don't have, which by the way, is completely misleading. He was one tiny component because that's another claim he makes is I made this vaccine. I was at the tip of the spear teaching Merck about the Ebola vaccine. It's like, okay, that's a nice claim. How do we back that up? Like, how do we show that? So, and the thing is, and this is another piece of it, right? Nobody, he's never been in an interview situation where any of this has been directly challenged to his face. He's always been in friendly fire. And the on um, the only time he was challenged was recently when Alex Berenson, who's a, a vaccine skeptic, actually was on, they were on Fox News. And he said, you know, I think it's really not helpful that you keep saying you're the inventor of mRNA. It sets back our cause of questioning vaccines a lot. And I think it's really unhelpful that you promote ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine yes. when they really don't work. And yes. I was like, oh, snap. And you know what? Malone was so put off. He later like ranted and raved and was so, Hurt about it that that someone actually challenged him. Uh, and I, I and that
1: that's the that's my emotional reaction to. But why Malone, does he. Right? Well, I guess you're right. I mean, OK, that's fair. I mean, I guess I, I also don't like to hear him keep saying I invented it because I think it's trying to prey upon. Uh, truth by um, by uh, uh, credentials or something like that. What, what's the yeah, word? credentialism um, or appeal, appeal to authority. Appeal to authority. That's yeah. the word. Yes, it's appeal yeah, to authority, yeah. and 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 that's not accurate. And and I, I I guess to be honest, I haven't pulled all his PubMed papers and compared him to other people. And uh, I, I don't doubt that he worked in the mRNA space, but I think it's kind of a stretch to say the, you invented something. I mean, you, so, so, you really gotta be at the company doing the work. I, I would exact, imagine, and, yeah.
0: And you and I both know that this is like standing on the shoulders of giants, like all kinds of people involved in these Correct. things. So somebody yeah. actually did go, a molecular biologist online did go and actually sort this out and said, oh, yeah, really? he had, he had the, uh, an early publication on wrapping mRNA in lipid to get it in mouse cells, looking at HIV. He had some patents on that that all expired and the ultimate technology they used was different. He gave up on it. And, uh, and I'll say this, now this is very difficult. Because this is this is where you get accused of ad hominem, right? But the truth is, when you're at, when someone's going up there and speaking in absolutes, using rhetorical conventions that appeal to authority and so on, I think it's reasonable to ask what are their motivations and what's really going on with them as the yeah, as the credible witness that you're supposed to believe. And the truth is, it's his wife has said this. He said this. He was really really upset that he did not get the lion's share of credit for the mRNA technology and. He's angry about it. And his, his wife has said so much, it's, it's kind of, there was an Atlantic article written about it that he called mm. a hit piece and so on. And so you do need to ask this, just like people ask about us, like what are, our, what are our motivations? Are we looking for influence? Are we looking for fame? Are we looking for money? Are we looking for truth, heaven forbid? It's reasonable to ask those questions, right? Mm-hmm. I think, um,
1: yeah, when, when, I guess, when you're faced yeah. with this, yeah. Hard, hard to know, but yeah, I guess, um, Well, either way, you slice it. He does say a lot of side effects that are very anecdotal at best and not really vetted and it's not really helpful. Um, And I actually think the other thing it does is actually it it takes away the focus on the one thing that we can actually try to mitigate, which is the myocarditis, which we could actually try to make safer. So I think it's like a double whammy. Uh, Right. You're right, because everything you said, maybe space the dose out, maybe give right, one
0: dose, maybe right. have a talk about these, right. maybe talk, just certainly don't give Moderna to people under 30, right. these kind of, right. oh, yeah, that's right. not rocket science, that's just good medicine, but oh, no, you're an
1: anti that's, uh, that's what Germany's done, Norway's done, you know, the kids yep. five to 11, I think it is a tricky space, because as you know, the United Kingdom right now, if you're five to 11, and you have a comorbidity, you'll get vaccinated, but if you're a regular healthy kid five to 11, they're not doing it, and Norway Bingo. just announced that they've decided not to go forward with five to 11, they're going to hope they acquire Omicron and have a natural course. They think it'll be more durable and also that the risk-benefit profile they, they're they not convinced about. And so what I want to acknowledge is that, you know, he is playing into the fact that, although he never mentions European nations, which if anything might strengthen his argument, but I don't know why he doesn't, um, because he plays into the different sort of fear um, motivations. You, um, go ahead. Do, sorry do you know why he doesn't mention Europeans because no, I don't know the European
0: be, I'll tell you uh, because it would violate his rhetorical uh, convention of saying nobody is is talking about this, is fighting oh, these bastards, and, yes, and there's a monolithic conspiracy to promote vaccination among young people. And he says mm. this on Rogan, and, and the thing is, except for Great Britain, Norway, <laughs> like
1: all yes, these other European countries, the
0: WHO. Like, you know, like, that's interesting so, point. so yeah. that's, I, I, that's and, a piece and, of and it. And I guess,
1: yeah. And I guess the reason that I'm interested in this space is that I feel like we, that in some regards, they're doing a better job and we could learn from them Yes. Um, yes, I see. But it doesn't feed into the convention that quote, quote, no one's talking about it. Um, okay, That's next right. point, the VARES. You know, McCullough talked about VARES and he says, I estimate there's 45,000 people dead as a result of the vaccine. And, you know, this led me to do a little bit of uh, uh, sort of an explanation of VARES, which is, of course, a passive collection system. And, you know... In order to register events on VARES, two things have to happen. One, a light bulb has to go off in the doctor's mind who sees somebody post-vaccine, and they have to submit a report. Those reports have to be aggregated. And then the next thing is, those reports have to be compared against baseline rates of what you might expect just with time. And so the two errors are, one... It's underreported, like something happened that is attributable, but nobody filed the report. But the second thing that could happen is the things that were coincidental that don't have to do with cause and effect, but just had to do with, if you vaccinate a lot of 85-year-olds, z some of them are going to die in the next week. Had nothing to do with the vaccine, they're 85. Some are going to die in the next week. So you need to subtract base rates. And, you know, I'm not sure how he did his paper. I haven't seen his paper. I mean, it's certainly not published yet, but, you know, it is premature, and it is, I think, unhelpful and also fear-mongering to go around saying that this kill, this vaccine killed 45,000 people. I disagree with that. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't talk like that. Thoughts?
0: Yeah, you're, you're being very kind to him uh, in your professional language, which I think is very good. <laughs> this is why you will go far in the world and I will not, because I'm just going to say what I think. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> say it, say it. I'll say what I think. I, he's absolutely full of shit about that stuff. It, it because because of his methodology, right now it may turn out that there's subtle things that we're missing, but he's forgetting sure. about vaccine mm-hmm. safety data link. He's f- forgetting about Prism. Sure. These are these are big systems of healthcare that sure. that are very invested in trying to find uh, small uh, small toxicities and problems that show up. That's how we caught the you know the the, yes. the vaccine induced thrombotic right. thrombocytopenia, which by the way has gotten. It's actually over time. It's been clear that it's actually even a slightly broader population. Both yes. men and women, yes. and up into even into later ages, and yes. that's why CDC had to come back and say, "You know what? Now that we have these mRNA, we have more information. Uh, we're really not recommending Johnson and Johnson. There's a preference for which, dude, like." that would be considered anti-vaccine sentiment a few months ago
1: you're right what and the CDC and, you know, said. and 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 i wrote an article saying a similar thing that they should do it i think they're slow to do it and i still think they could have done it more forcefully they could actually actively withdraw it from the market um because right. there are safer alternatives but you're right you're right it just goes to show you that if you had said that early on it would be anti-vax and now you know it is the standard the law of the land law of the land it's it's the um, law of the land what, Oh, one other piece I just wanted to uh,
0: talk about with Malone's um, assertions his propositional assertions that yes. you know the the, the the spike protein builds up in the ovaries uh, I and know
1: that uh, I know. the I mean, nanolipids. So I actually looked into this. Yeah. I looked into yeah. this.
0: So he's citing a a, a, a rat study where they injected like super normal amounts of the lipid nanoparticles. And Mm -hmm. lo and behold, they accrued in multiple organs. But even in that rat study, they looked at the tissues themselves and there was no damage to the tissues at all. And he makes a similar assertion that the spike protein used in the mRNA vaccines has never been tested for safety in humans, except (laughs) <laughs> in the randomized control trials and the preclinical trials which he said didn't happen, but they're there you can download them They're right. all there. So th- this is just straight up de- deceptive, right? And um, again it, And I it- guess let me
1: let me give another thing like everyday people use shampoo <clears throat> Everyday people sit on furniture with flame retardants everyday people drink from plastic Aquafina bottles If you look hard enough bits of plastic Aquafina bottle are in your s- blood serum uh, that mm. f- furniture retardant is in your I don't know adipose tissue, and I don't know maybe something in your shampoo is in your uh, eyebrow. I don't know. I don't f- know. Uh, you know. <laughs> but but I guess the point is like the point is. Uh, but but I certainly know that that that, that the um, the flame retardant and then the water bottle. Like I, I think Nick. Um, uh, uh, what's this guy? Nick, the guy who's running for governor. Nick Kristoff. Uh, he had a yeah. nice piece on the water bottle shards in the bloodstream. I, the point is this. The point isn't that yeah li- things end up in parts of the body perhaps. Um, of course, this study, as you point out, there's a lot of things different than the actual vaccine, super normal, it's rat, etc. But the question is, what import is it? What, what does that mean? And of course, it sounds scary. You don't want it to end up there, right? I don't want Aquafina bottle to end up in my bloodstream. But guess what? I was thirsty. I drank it. And what happens if I go out to live a normal life? It, you know, did I really care? I don't know. You know, what does it even mean? I don't know. It's, I don't That's know. right.
0: It's That's why crazy. randomized control trials and different ways to look at this stuff that aren't a rat model where you give them a butt ton of stuff
1: and then, and then you know, talk And then murder it. them and then sacrifice the rat and dissect them <laughs> yep. and then take a little piece of their tissue and put it in mass spec or whatever the hell they do. I don't know how they're even That's finding exactly it. Right. exactly I don't even know but, I don't th- know,
0: but they got to do it that way. Yeah, so, so yeah. So anyway, so yeah. back, back, back no, to this. No, you're right, yeah. right.
1: Okay, next one. This is one where he gets right and you're going to give him credit, I think a little bit, which is that All they right. have a point. They have a point that the U.S. vaccine policy ignores the science on natural immunity. And yes. I guess, and, and I want to put one thing in context, which I think people, their brains have difficulty understanding, you know, in every direction, which is, when people compare immunity after vaccination to immunity after natural immunity, and they say natural immunity is more durable, that can be a true claim. But that does not mean it's preferable to get sick with the virus than to get the vaccine. Because what it is saying if you get sick with the virus and if you live to tell the tale, (laughs) then then you have good immunity. True. But some people don't live to tell the tale. They're not in that data set. And if you get the vaccine, you know, many, many more people are living to tell the tale. Okay. So for lots of people, it could be true that even for a 95 year old who survived COVID, their immunity is stronger than a 95 year old who got vaccine. Maybe. I don't know that to be true, but it could be. But that's not the same thing as saying a 95 year old should go get covid. Okay, let's make that point. Bingo. The next point.
0: Bingo, very important.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but then the next point I want to make is the corollary that people on the 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 covidian side don't see, which is that unfortunately, whether we like it or not, maybe a 100 million Americans have had covid already. You know, that hap- that happened. Turned out that happened. Yeah. And now yeah. that they've had it and it happened, how are you going to treat them do you need them to get three boosters do you need even if they're you know 20 years old or 12 years old and they're a boy do they really need that and and that's where the policy is broken as well which is that for people who have recovered maybe they don't need as many doses maybe you know there should be different randomized studies in those subpopulations it's not even a subpopulation it's 100 million americans probably by this point so yeah you know i do think um Anyway, let me go to your thoughts, and then we'll go. No,
0: I I, okay. I'm a thousand million percent with you on this. Mm -hmm. And there was just today, CDC announced. CDC of all people said, "Hey, you know what? We have some data now that natural immunity may actually be better." uh, (laughs) (laughs)
1: They finally (laughs) said it. (laughs)
0: Right, right, right. They said it now. Of course, my initial initial thought on that is, well, so what's another like you said? What's another reason natural immunity might be better is because people who actually survive COVID have an immune system that is more robust at baseline. Right. And so if you compare them to an un to a vaccinated cohort that hasn't had that challenge
1: there's some selection bias there yeah but you know what it should that, be it should be natural immunity compared against people who get vaccinated and then complete ninja warrior if you can get yeah. ninja warrior <laughs> <laughs> then you're the same then you're now nah, it's that's a fair true. trial that's
0: yeah. true and they've eaten dirt as kids and you yeah, know right. have, have yeah. a hygiene yeah. hypothesis yeah. going <laughs> but you but you know yeah. to, to your point about Valuing, so natural immunity versus vaccine and should you go out and try to get get the infection? So there was a story in uh, my favorite medical journal, People Magazine, recently uh, <laughs> about, <laughs> about a Czech, a, a rather famous Czechoslovakian folk singer who, I don't know, I think she was in her 50s, and her son, they were in a band together or something, and, and she w- did not wanna get vaccinated. And her son had told the story after her death that that said, you know, she never she never said why, but whenever we talk about it, she would get very emotional. And in the Czech Republic, they have vaccine and immunity passports. So in order to go to venues and do things like that, you need to show either that you've been infected recently or you have been vaccinated. So she, her, so her, one of her family members got infected, and she decided, I'm not going to distance. I'm going to stay with them, and I'm going to get this so that I can have the immunity, mm-hmm. and then get you know have my passport. And of course, she died. She dropped dead in her bathroom, presumably of a clot or something. And and so this is, again, there's two things to point out here. One is, okay, yeah, you don't prefer the natural infection to the vaccine when possible, because you never know if you're the one who's gonna drop dead. But the second thing is this poor woman felt compelled to obey some passport that's gonna do nothing for transmission. Uh, 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 and lost her life because of the the purity rules oh, of the religious right. overlords. Oh, wow, right? Wow!
1: Wow! You see, the, yeah, you see both side S- failures. So both this. sides yeah. are in this
0: in this woman's story. Yeah. And if you don't feel if you don't feel love in the face of the suffering of that family, like if yeah. you're if you're a pro vax zealot, you're just like good riddance to her. She's a no, dumbass. No, but, right? but you
1: you accelerated her death by with a stupid passport. And if you're exactly. a person, and and if you're an anti vaxxer you accelerate her death by making her seek infection. You know exactly. Or, yeah, you.
0: exactly so uh those of us uh superior beings in the alt middle who are better than everyone we would have done it right we would yeah of course (laughs) we are
1: um but you know what else i was thinking i mean uh, um yeah no i mean that's such a great story um i don't know maybe this is a tangential i was also thinking about like at some moment in the podcast one of his podcasts and i didn't listen to this in full joe rogan says that you know for some people myocarditis after vaccine is greater than myocarditis after infection that's actually a true claim that like, you know, among 12 to 30 year old boys who have had one dose of Moderna, if you get the second dose of Moderna, your risk of myocarditis is way, way higher than if you had developed myoc- if you had developed COVID-19 infections, even without any vaccine in your body. That's a, just mm-hmm. a true claim. Okay. So we need to get off the, uh, but, but like, does that mean those kids should get zero doses or, you know, I, I, I don't know if that's the answer, but right. but what I think what I But but I certainly think it should raise questions about whether or not they should be getting Moderna at all and whether or not the dose two is adding much. That's a question. But I yeah. think that the people on the one side who believe that the virus has to always be worse than the vaccine needs to need to acknowledge there are these tiny populations where that might not be true. Um you know, a boy who's already had two doses of Moderna getting the third dose. What is that going to do for him? You know, healthy athlete, you know, um, you know, or two doses of Moderna and Omicron. You're really telling me the third dose is preferable to Jen just going out there on the street. I mean, come on. There's, I don't think the third yeah. dose is going to do that much. Um, but, you know, it's a really interesting dilemma. And oh, the yeah. last thing I want to say. The vaccine myocarditis—it shouldn't be even be close. Are you people out of their minds? It shouldn't even be close. It's supposed to be a whole lot safer than getting ill with the, in, the, the like. It, we shouldn't be like nail biting and like, was Joe Rogan right? Let me look at the bar. It shouldn't even be close. That's that's another <laughs> point. It should be way 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 safer. Yes, that's the standard. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, now I'll say this. I'll say, well, you know, there's misc, there's long COVID in kids, yes. there's all these well, other things that you could say you're preventing. I mean, I don't correct. know. I don't no, know. no, no. Go on, go yeah. on. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. So, but, but so, it's, the less, it's is, less
1: with Delta, less with Omicron. Macron. True, true, true.
0: Area under the curve. What's the benefit? What's the risk? And it's it's age specific. It's sex specific. It's vaccine specific. Can we talk about that? That's all. Yeah, and and that's it's dose
1: specific, right? Like first dose yeah, might dose give you a lot specific. of the misc benefit, and then the second additional doses may not. Yeah, right. So it, that's interesting.
0: Good. And yeah, yeah interesting. In, very interesting. And 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 so well, that's what we should be talking about. And that's where it becomes very frustrating. And you empower these sort of Malone types because you don't allow those conversations. And and again, it gets to the religiosity of it. So on the COVIDian side. There's a purity issue. Like you are mm-hmm. impure mm-hmm. if you haven't vaccinated with a booster, whatever the tribe is saying, That's and true. double masked with a KN95 at age three or whatever, and and you're impure. Whereas on on the other side, on the you know purported COVIDiots side, side right. <laughs> the antithesis, we'll call them thesis and antithesis. Yeah, on the antithesis insulting. side, yeah. it's less insulting, it's less pejorative on both sides. And, and the, the, you know this purity issue is one of. You, you. Wait a minute. You're going to go full jihad on me and make me be, make me look like I'm in Riyadh and covering my face forcibly, right? That's a That's a liberty versus oppression thing. And also, here are the the holy sacraments of um, ivermectin and
1: hydroxychloroquine, oh, the, which <laughs> the holy are holy sacraments. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. It's interesting because the COVID side is largely. You know, they're not in the mainstream media and they're not, um, you know, they're they're not in universities. And I mean, you know, these are people pushed to, I don't know, uh, pushed out of, you know, a lot of society. But the COVIDian side, this is Stanford University, my friend. If you're, they have, the the, the students are going to be expelled from university if they don't get boosted by the end of this month. Um, you know, yeah, even if yeah. they've had Omicron and there's like and yeah. then just yesterday, uh, um, uh, you know, Sagar from Breaking Points with Crystal and Sagar tweeted out that there's a Hopkins student who had uh, had COVID and had vaccines and he's going to be threatened to be expelled if he doesn't get boosted by the end of the month by Hopkins. I mean, yep. this is really crazy stuff that's being enforced by by our institutions and people who are supposed to be smart. Um, yeah. So I guess that should scare you. Right. I mean, well, like, I, d- there's always going to be dumb people in society. But why are smart people doing dumb things?
0: yeah yeah so okay so here's a this is a great thing to discuss so our institutions are medieval institutions dealing with uh, humans that have Paleolithic emotions. This is uh, stealing from Daniel Schmachtenberger and Tristan Harris, who were on Rogan talking about this. Mm-hmm. And now we have technology that gives us godlike powers. So this is what happens: is the mainstream that are our medieval institutions are behaving like jackasses, right? Yes. But the antithesis group has godlike technology and the ability that now to reach a lot of people that feel morally like they do in that tribe. And the difference, I think, the difference is they're both. It's both terrible, right? But the difference is in the antithesis tribe telling people that you know these like Malone telling people that these vaccines will kill you and give you cancer and cause infertility, um, that can directly cost human lives in people who are older with comorbidities and at high risk and need to be vaccinated. So yes, th- th- that's a, th- I don't know if there's a false equivalence there,
1: but I think but, that, uh, yes, I, I yeah, think you're right. Like like bad ideas can cost human life, but I guess the mechanism is does not require the brute force of institutional apparatus doesn't require Mm. coercion from the state doesn't require coercion from a university it just requires the susceptibility of people to bad ideas which is you know ironically every day i look i see i see people are incredibly susceptible to bad ideas in every direction on earth um so i guess yes i do Uh, i do dislike it when i know people who have delusional beliefs and these beliefs come from these you know bad entities um but I do feel even more aggravated personally when a university enforces a delusional policy. Just because mm. I feel like, I don't know, am I crazy to think university should be held to a higher standard than the average blogger? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, was, and how much of that, I have to introspect on this myself because yes, I'm with yes. you on this, I well, feel yeah, the but, same but, way. But, but yeah. And, and,
0: but I'll say like when I introspect, I go, well what in my own bias it actually causes me to veer one way or the other in terms of my loudest noises that I make. So when I'm when I'm screaming on my shows, it's usually about that. It's usually about like, I can't believe this university is doing this crazy crap to these kids who just need to hang out together. And and yet I've screamed about the uh, sort of uh, uh, vaccine hesitancy side quite a bit, but I scream about it less. Now, what is that? I think partially it is this idea that our institution should know better. Secondly, it's because I live in the Bay Area, so I see that Correct. psychosis much more. But then I hear from doctors who live in the Midwest and they'll say, Zee, look, I'm with you on this alt-middle idea, but it seems like you really focus on these things. Is it because you live in the Bay Area and you're seeing the disease there Uh, and you're not seeing the disease I'm seeing, which is people who are really poorly educated about this stuff, who are listening to Rogan and Malone and are going out and they get belligerent in the hospital when you talk about vaccines and they get angry with you and it's because they've really been turned, uh, you know. Okay, okay, I I, see. So I'm curious your thoughts, I'm curious your thoughts.
1: Okay, one question though, which I don't know the answer to is that, you know, people always say that like, yeah, I saw somebody whose mind was shaped by Malone and what I want to know is, was his mind shaped or her mind shaped by Malone, or did they already have the inclination? They didn't want to do it, uh, and they just found a convenient, um, uh, you know, puppet or a convenient spokesperson for it. That's one question. Mm, the next question is, I will be honest bias, with you. Yeah. I'll tell you why my bias is the way my bias is. My bias is that, like, why I'm a university professor. Who do I talk to the most? University professors. Yeah. You know, I live in the university professor. For several years pre-COVID, probably the majority of dinners I had were with multiple university professors, you know, like literally the only crowds I hang out with. And I'll use a non-COVID example, progression-free survival. Progression-free survival is something we use all the time in oncology. It's the time until tumors get bigger, there's a new tumor on scan, or the patient passes away. It's a composite time-to-event endpoint and the time to get the tumor gets bigger it's 20% bigger. Okay, that's the from 20% bigger from the smallest it ever was. That's an arbitrary mm-hmm. size. Do patients feel good at 119% and bad at 121%? No, <laughs> it's arbitrary. Okay. So, I have argued, not argued, I'm correct it's a surrogate endpoint. It's not an endpoint of how a patient feels or functions. It is a stand-in or surrogate endpoint for that. Every once in a while, I go to a professor dinner, and some professor says progression-free survival is a clinical endpoint. It's not a surrogate endpoint. And I say, why Why do you, Why do would you say such a thing? That's just totally wrong. And then I explain, I explain, and I explain where response rate came from, a 1970s dinner party where some old men were feeling marbles through foam rubber and that's why they got the <laughs> You know, I explain all this stuff. And then I say, and then I show Them the concordance data, multiple plots showing low R squared correlation, a coefficient of determination values. I really prove that this is a a, a, you know a weak surrogate at best, and then they still say to me, "Well, for some people, it's clinically meaningful." And then I show it has no correlation with health-related quality of life. Again, they say the (laughs) same. And then I just want to say to them, I want to say to them, you are not. You're a smart person. You have two doctorates and you still, you still will not yield this point, my friend. Yield that you are wrong, yield it. Why will you not yield? And so, I don't know, that's my bias. That like, how can this person have spent 25 years at Harvard and their brain don't work? And even when I present data to prove it to them, their brains still don't work. How is that possible? Meanwhile, I have sympathy for the person who, you know, society treated poorly. They never went to college. Uh, I have a lot of sympathy for such a person because I don't expect them to be brain the level of rigor i expect from the professor. and so when stanford implements a stupid policy, i get much more viscerally angry than when random joe schmo. but that's I, maybe it is my bias. i just and now you got me to in respect on it.
0: nah, you know what? um you actually articulated i think what i unconsciously felt to some degree. same thing. when when we same see thing. smart people yeah. who should know better behaving in a irrational way, we've we've had this conversation. the these the, the sort of the the people who should really know better—it becomes a kind of—it's—it's—you feel it in your chest. You're like, "What the hell, dude?" Whereas you feel, I feel really bad because I talk to these folks all the time who are like, you know, I, I just—I have no medical background, I have no training at all. I'm scared yes. for my kids. I'm scared for yes. myself. I'm scared for my mom. I hear this guy Malone, but it's, I, but I'm sympathetic with Malone because I am worried about this because my innate bias is I hate anything the government tells me to do, and I'm like, bro, I feel you. Like I get it. Here's what I would do: I would get vaccinated. But I totally understand, and no, I, I, no one likes to be told what to do. So I, I'm with you. You've articulated it very clearly. I think people who people should listen to what you just said to understand if they think we're biased in some way this is the nature of it right because we should recognize our biases and put them out there and then it's a clean bias you're like okay, this is this is where i'm coming from this yeah, is what informs I mean, what i y- say yeah
1: and you know i i even want to go further and push it which is i you know which i i'll, I'll argue to you it's not a bias here's why it's not a bias we're mm. supposed to live in a society where the people who operate universities and work at universities are I hate to say it, they're supposed to be better thinkers. No offense. We need a society that's fairer. Everybody born in any walk of life should have an equal chance of being a university professor. They should have that opportunity. But not everyone is meant to be doing this extreme level of analytical thinking. It's one particular type of thinking, analytical thinking. It's not for everybody. Some people are gifted analytical thinkers. Some people are not. Sometimes it'll surprise you. I knew a guy who dropped out of college, but he was a car guy. And this guy is like the greatest analytical thinker you've ever seen just for automotive. You know, just for automotive, the way he troubleshoots, it's like car talk on NPR. It was like that level of analytical thinking. Those guys have PhDs from MIT. Okay, so I don't want to say that analytical thinking is confined to the university but what i do want to say is that among people who work in biomedicine at the highest levels of universities it should be enriched with the absolute best thinkers yes we need to improve the pipeline but once you get to the rarefied level there is no safety net there is no you know mercy it's really pure meritocracy you know you have to write well write fast write good think good be better speak better speak clearer okay that's my view of world Kill me if you disagree but i mean the world can be fair but when you get to the tippity top you want the person in charge to know what the hell they're doing okay and if that person will not yield to better arguments if they will not see reason i really feel like the whole world is failing why are they in that position why are these people running stanford if they don't know if they don't know basic things you know why are they why are they setting the policy um meanwhile you know the person who is seduced by the Malones and McCulloughs, I feel pity for. I feel the opposite emotion. Why do I feel pity for them? Because you know, I mean, they they they, they were born into a country that was sort of shifting. A country where f- for the prior generation, you'd always earn more than your father. You'd always earn more than your mother. But now that's not true anymore in terms of real wages. Your opportunities are stifled. Some of these communities, like from where I'm from, you know. Laporte Indiana, a lot of those industries are moving away. Um, you know it's hard to grow up and stay close to your parents if you're in Laporte, Indiana because there's not a lot of great job prospects. Um, you know, education is the cost of going to college is horrendous. They, what they teach you in college is so much irrelevant garbage. There's so many more you know all this kind of stuff. And so I feel sympathy for somebody who didn't do biomedicine but I don't have any sympathy for somebody who's running the policy program at Johns Hopkins University. I expect that person to be the creme de la creme of thinkers. And if they're not, then why do they have that job? They need to be booted immediately.
0: That, that was pretty well said, brother. <laughs> I have nothing to add. I'm just, I guess, I'm just sitting I back our, eating popcorn. It's great. I haven't, yeah. really
1: thought, I haven't really explicitly thought about why that bothers me so much, but I think that's the reason. Now you articulated um, it really well. Yeah. You know, I'm with you. Then,
0: the meritocracy piece, the equality yeah. of opportunity, not outcome. Like, yeah, you have the opportunity, if you fuck it up, go away.
1: And and or there are be and I, yeah. I want to also acknowledge that there are ways in which, you know, like opportunity may be passed along paths of privilege. So like if oh, you're, sure. a, you know, if your father was a rich professor, you're much more likely to be connected. Sure, sure, and, sure. And those things need to be ameliorated. And the pipeline has to be better. And we have to do a better job of letting anyone from any walk of life have the opportunity to get to that level. But once you're at that level, there is something about people. Some people are just their brains work better at that than other people. And we need a way to promote those people and push the other people away because we Listen. need the people at the top who know what they're doing.
0: Listen, I, I, I believe it was Cobra Kai that said it best. No mercy, <laughs> strike first. <laughs> At that level. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess it, All right. I mean, it's almost, it's, that's why I called myself an old-fashioned doctor because this is you, old-fashioned ideas that you have to actually be you, good. You know, I, I want to say a side thing, Z. Can I just say my yeah, side? Yeah. Okay. Come with I it. Know. I always get these. St- I always get many trainees come to me how can I publish papers? How can I write a book? How can I do these things? You know, how can I have podcasts? And I was like, that's not your first question. Your first question is, how can you be the best at whatever you want to do? And Mm. like, like, you know, like if you, if you want to be, if you want to, comment I mean it depends on what you want to do I don't I mean I only do a few things in life I don't play you know you don't see me out there playing tennis like professionally etc you know but the thing I like to do is read papers and interpret them well I think and so I was like you know what does it take to do that I don't know it takes like seven years of solitude like um, you know like 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 Batman and Batman Begins or like seven years <laughs> in Tibet you know you have to go out there and do some work quietly and practice and hone your craft and then come back when you're good at it I mean you know what do you, and nobody wants to do the work anymore I mean everyone just wants it handed to them I was like that's not how Works, okay.
0: I I'm with you, and we'll both get uh, fully fully eliminated from any teaching responsibilities for saying that um, by being <laughs> realistic with with trainees. <laughs>
1: well, I, I think people like it. I mean, people I work I do with too. So many I people. do too.
0: I've I always been people, that way. Yeah.
1: People, I mean, the whole goal of teaching is to make someone better at doing, and so that's what we yeah. need to work on.
0: Well, well, and then and that reminds me. So, what do you think about these kids at different schools, high schools and colleges, that are protesting purportedly according to mainstream media about they don't feel safe? Like they don't feel yeah, like protected I mean, against COVID.
1: It saddens me that they're not thinking good. I mean, I just, I don't yeah. know what to say. it really yeah. saddens me. It saddens me to know that we got another generation of people where there are lots of people seduced by groupthink whose brains don't work. I mean, just sit down, get an actuarial table, look at your risk of dying. If you're a healthy 17 mm-hmm. year old boy who had two vaccines in you and compare it to your risk of dying of suicide, car accident, uh, um, uh, injury fall trauma skiing compare it to anything else you do and tell me mm-hmm. which is higher and if you're still mm-hmm. so scared okay you know then i i really wonder about you and then the second thing i wonder is what do you where where do you think the virus is going you want to walk out of school now it's not safe okay sure walk out and then maybe we'll come and we'll we'll put some filters in and I don't know what they'll do. Maybe they'll have you wear 17 masks. I don't know how many masks. they'll, You know, maybe who knows what we'll do and to make it safer for you. Um, what's going to happen when you get sick with it next year or the year after that or the year after that? Where, where do you think the virus is going to go? Is it going to go away? Is it going to go hide? It's it's going to get you. So, you know, get over it. Mm. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I also wonder if like, you know, the media loves to highlight these stories if it's.
0: True or not? It's true. It's like 200 kids somewhere. Right. Exactly. And suddenly it's the whole country mm-hmm. doing, you know, pro- protesting. I, I, I agree. It, it's, it's just really interesting where it, it, it again, it, you, you don't think good. I think none of us are. I think we're all falling prey to certain sort of groupthink think and, and hive mind behavior, but some are a little more clear than others and might point, might just point and say, hey, here's where the thinking may not be clear. Right. That's important. That's an important role. It's an important role of like alternative media, like what we're trying to do. It's an important role. It should be of mainstream media, but I think mainstream media has dropped the ball because they're not incentivized to do that. They're incentivized to, to, to you know,
1: create outrage porn or whatever it is that sells yeah. the clicks. And, I mean, let's just say that to judge if someone's thinking well, you got to be thinking well. And oh, yeah, don't know it's, about a that. it's a oh, challenge. It's a challenge. It's definitely okay. a well, challenge for me. Yeah. <laughs> let's do the last one. Um, Early treatments, including hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, are being suppressed. Mm. They don't. They don't want you to have the cure. So here, That's of course, right. I conclude. I disagree. I disagree. I don't know. You want to take first crack at this? Like this is where I think I really disagree, perhaps the most with them. Um, yeah. 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 This is. Um. It's almost like <sighs> the
0: what what Malone accuses the vaccine establishment of saying is listen, we're gonna suppress all these alternative treatments because we want a monolithic thing to create the what what he calls the mass formation psychosis. There's only one solution, it's our solution to all the anxiety and fear and catastrophe that you guys are seeing. Now we're gonna take advantage of this and promote the one solution, which is vaccines and ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and all these other things, we're gonna suppress them because they're gonna interfere with our one solution even though we know they work. Now this is where I got so fucking pissed when I heard Malone talk. I wanted to go over there, and this is all emotional, it's all ad hominem, so just forgive me for a second, because I know the antithesis crowd, is their immune system's gonna get triggered by what I'm about to say. He goes on to say, it's hospitalists, that's my profession, we are internal medicine doctors who are trained to only take care of patients in the hospital. We are probably the lowest paid physician specialties that work in the hospital. I mean, maybe right. short of PM&R or something. We see 20 to 40 patients a day. During COVID, there's been burnout, infections, horror, and this fucking fucker accuses hospitalists of colluding across the country to promote vaccines because, this is what he said, uh, to my recollection of the interview, because it will allow them to stay in the hospital longer because they're not as effective as the treatments, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, and that would make the hospitalists more money and their overlords and the oh, hospitals more money. Stuff. And I'm like, have you ever fucking touched a patient? Have you worked in the hospital? Every hospitalist I know is desperate to get people out of the hospital because of they course. are drowning, <laughs> they're dying, they're blocking patients oh, in I the air. ER.
1: about that. They had some frame right. where he was like, the hospital doesn't want people to get better at home because it makes them more money. And I was like, if right. that were true... Then why are they passing out the vaccines? <laughs> I was like, You're out of your mind, are you out of your mind, yeah, out of your mind. He's, he's,
0: it, it was crazy. So anyway, so yeah. I'll let you talk about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. But I'll say this: like his his assertion that there's a grand conspiracy would have to span every nation, and it doesn't because we see Great Britain is not promoting vaccination for non-comorbid children. Um, it would have to be across every nation, every specialty, hospitalists, all of that. And it, no, it's not. Every single doctor who's out there practicing for the most part, wants their patients to get better, get well, and they know that for the most part that these vaccines do that, and hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin have not been proven to do that. So I'll back to you.
1: You know, I think that's really interesting. And um, I don't know, like, why do I think this stuff doesn't work? I mean, I, this is the hardest thing to explain, I think, and you know, I I don't know. We were talking about it offline and like, why is it so hard to explain? And I think it's like really hard to explain to people who just don't spend a lot of time following drug development. And if you follow drug development a long time, you just see that like, Boy, 25 years go by and everyone had all these ideas, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of ideas, and only a tiny paucity actually worked in really good studies. And some of the things that are approved haven't even proved they worked in really good studies. And so, you know, if we were even stricter, it would be even fewer, right? And the things that do work mostly work modestly at best. And so yeah. the idea that, like, you can use some in vitro study to see that chloroquines inhibit replication of A to argue that it's likely that it works that's just going to be a stretch at baseline you know the probability that that study would inform that it works is probably one on the order of 10 to the power of 5 or 10 to the power of 7 like that ballpark or even less you know just because the pretest probability is so low then you combine it with many many studies as in the case of hydroxychloroquine maybe even 100 randomized control trials that are all mostly equivocal or negative you know and the pooled analysis is negative so now you have a low chance it was gonna help at the beginning, which is true of all drugs, nothing unique about this, and all these negative studies. The probability it still works is gotta be really negative, negative. and yes, would it work, you know, would it work if you give it early? Would it work with a mouse? Or would it work in a house? Would it work with a fox? Would it work in a box? You know, they always say that. Would it work, you know, would it work there? Would it work there? Yeah, well, okay, sure. Prove to me it does. And, you know, everyone has always said that in the history of medicine. Everyone who's got to eat their hat, they always say, well, it would have worked if he gave it early. Yeah. Yep. And the other thing I want to say is. How come nobody ever asks does do these drugs penetrate the rat ovary too? Because maybe yeah. actually, you know, right like it's all it's the vaccine. Does that get into that rat ovary? What about does hydroxychloroquine enter a rat ovary? I bet if you swallowed, did you know Z if you swallow hydroxychloroquine it'll go right to your testes did you know that you know like I, I don't know
0: I, I actually assume that that's why I swallow it daily
1: you know I just need <laughs> that's any help you want. I can get that's where you want it's the rest of the <laughs> organs that is wasted on yeah yeah I mean come on what the hell yeah. are we talking about I mean and so yeah. I don't know then ivermectin is like similar low pretest probability they're ongoing studies so I don't want to I've slammed the Poison door on the iver, hydroxychloroquine right. but ivermectin I don't want to totally slam the door yet I'll wait a little bit longer um but you know It's not like a magic bullet, yeah, I don't know. And it doesn't help
0: that the mainstream media calls it horse uh, tranquilizer or whatever that's the the culture war, yeah. 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 It's culture war stuff. So the whole thing is now it's a sacrament of the culture war and and the new religion, new multiple religions now that have sprung up in the absence in a secular world where humans are wired for religion and religiosity, sanctity and, and purity and authority. It's interesting, there's a loyalty subversion component, I think, on both sides of this, but on the thesis side, it's fascinating. Listen, wait, are you gonna speak out against vaccines in any way that isn't absolute? You're disloyal to the to the medical establishment. Don't you know we're suffering and hospitals are filling up and how can you talk about this? And then there's the sanctity component. H- how dare he not wear a mask out in public? I might walk by him and breathe in his dirty, filthy, unvaccinated air <laughs> and the vaccine pa- <laughs> Yeah,
1: filthy. <laughs> and the filthy vaccine
0: passports, the same thing. Filthy, dirty people that are unvaccinated, mudbloods out there walking around with their dirty, filthy blood. It's like, we've heard this kind of language before, mm-hmm. right? And, Very um, cool. and, uh, uh, and then on the other side, it's the same thing. Like, you know, the 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 cabal of evildoers, these devils that are 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 pulling the strings of the world government and the Great Reset and the Gateses and all this, and they they want to suppress cheap and easy drugs that, of course, are also made by these big pharmaceutical companies. But never mind. And uh, you know, by the way, some bits of misin- misinformation that he put out uh, <laughs> that Jap- Japan beat. Uh, Covid with ivermectin? Simply not true. They never recommended ivermectin. That's just a straight falsehood. The other thing he said was Uttar uh, Pradesh <coughs> oh, used yeah. ivermectin. Uder, Uder, Pradesh. Yeah, just just not true, right? Like, the, the, there's no evidence that ivermectin was why uh, they had a decline in cases.
1: I guess, I guess I, this got cut from my essay, but I had a whole thing about like these these country country comparisons. I'm like, oh God, come on, spare me, like. Some of these places, they're not collecting the data in the same way. Like, isn't that a problem? You know, like, like, like yeah, you know, yeah. they're not collecting the data in the same way. It's not standardized. The methods are different. You're comparing these broad sweeping comparisons. Lots of things are different between Israel and Palestine and Uttar Pradesh and the United States and Japan and Taiwan, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's tiresome. I mean, I, you just can't draw causal conclusions from that. Um, right, right. But you don't censor them either. You don't like. No, you don't. Of you course don't, not. You don't, oh, that's face, the last part of my essay. Yeah, Let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, this is what really irritates me about um, antithesis thesis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one the 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 COVIDian side. Ah, um,
0: the, uh, the thesis side.
1: Yeah, they're they're the ones that um, uh, they like to censor. I think. I mean. Oh yes. I guess everyone likes to censor, but they they're the ones who have the ear of the platform. They have yeah, the, the, power, they have to the power to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and so I guess I talk about like, I don't know. <clears throat> Booting these people off these platforms is deeply foolish. And already it's backfired because, you know, they got on Rogan and they have way more adherence now. And they're martyred. You know, it's like making a martyr out of somebody. Absolutely. Um, Another religious thing. Yeah. And um, the right way to do it is to give them credit where credit is due and to point out what they say wrong. And, I, you know, I just want to point out that, you know, my little thing, I just saw you last night. Joe Rogan himself tweeted my essay on what he got right, what he got wrong, which actually shows Bro. you— Right, you are
0: so. You're going to be downing creatine shakes with that guy pretty soon. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have the body habitus to tolerate, pizza, you know. And and i dude. Uh, if you ever go on a show, he's going to shame you. He's going to be like, "Look how skinny you are, VP. You need yeah, to. You need and, to muscle and, up."
1: And uh, and I'm not sure I believe in all these kind of supplement products, but that's a longer conversation. But <laughs> that's another conversation. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I guess I. I mean, you got to give a guy credit for. I mean. I don't know if somebody wrote a big article about what you and I got right or wrong. Would we art, would we RT that? I don't know. Depends. I mean, if I thought it was really fair, maybe I would, but I mean, he's willing to amplify criticism of his own show to his own audience. And you give him, you give a man a lot of credit for that.
0: Yeah, you know, you know who does that too. Uh, so this is what this this is something that, that I call that's been called. And by the way, I give a lot of credit to David Fuller, Rebel Wisdom, his group of sense makers there for a lot of the ideas that I steal and then popularize <laughs> and promote. Um, and and I got to say, there's a new video he did about religiosity in uh, in COVID that I think is a must see. I shared it on my platforms, and I may put a link to it here. But the um, the Oh, God damn it! What were we talking about, VP? I've already lost my train of thought because I was um, thinking about David. Amplifying and how awesome
1: criticism is. to your own followers.
0: So ah, yes, I'm yes, today. yes. So this thing called audience capture. So we're all to some degree potentially captured by our audience. We know what it feels like in the comments when you just get piled on because you've pissed off the audience, or you've you have a certain demographic that really likes to watch your show and you say something they really don't like. It's mm-hmm. very. It can create a lot of internal friction if you're not right. self-aware, right? And you, you can unconsciously start to abide this audience and feed them stuff they really want. Now, somebody like Rogan, he's been really good in general about not doing that, although he can fall prey to it. For example, with Malone and with McCullough, he features these guys, but he doesn't really feature a lot of people that, oppose what they're saying. He had a, had a couple, but nobody who's nearly as charismatic or compelling. Like I don't think Gupta counts, right? Cause he's just yeah, a, another, no. he's a mouthpiece of the thesis. And, um, <clears throat> and so there's a degree of capture. Sam Harris actually has talked about this where he will literally attack his own audiences you know, he'll say, listen, I know you guys like Trump. A lot of people in my audience really like Trump. I think Trump is absolutely idiotic. And mm. anyone who likes him is out of their mind and should not be here. Like he'll wow. sternal yeah. rub his own audience wow. into submission where where yeah. a lot of people just leave and they get angry. And there's something to that. There's a certain type of integrity, whether you agree with Sam's positions or not, the fact that he's willing to just burn it all down for yeah. his own, whatever his own integrity is, that that's that's powerful. Now, of course, Sam has so many followers and is so, you know, big. It's much harder for say, like, it, like think about a, a say a uh, okay. And this is the last piece on this. People ask, well, Malone's one of the things Malone said was, "I have no horse in this game. I'm not making any money from this. Anyone who's promoting vaccines is somehow making money from this. I get nothing out of this. I ought to be on my farm in Virginia with my horses, but instead, I just believe in this so much. Okay, horse shit, and I'll tell you why. Who knows whether Malone's making money or not, but you know that he was nobody prior to Covid. A lot of these guys had very small platforms, right? Now, covid happens. Now, there's something other than money. It's called influence, fame, power, those kind of things. He's gotten all of those in spades from saying what he said. So he he acts like he's taking this big career hit. He had no career, like in mm-hmm. in the sense that you know. And I'm going to be honest. It, it, nobody knows who this guy was. Now everybody knows who he is. So well, he you can know, sell. let me push you. Let yeah. me
1: push you on this because yeah. I, str- I, I struggle with this, and I I actually don't know what to think because. Um, let me name some people who you might say similar things about. Okay. And, and I, and I don't want to be mean to these people. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not actually saying that, but somebody could say that. And, and I, I, there are things I agree with and disagree with to these people. Okay. Here are a few, uh, Ashish jaw pre COVID Ashish jaw was a professor at Harvard school, Harvard. Nobody knew who he was now, you know, he's on TV every day. Um, and he's saying things that the thesis side says, uh, the, the, you know, lockdown side. Um, uh, Eric Topol I mean he's always been a popular commenter on science but his following massively increased um you know um I don't know I guess my point is oh Uh, yeah yeah he blew up in fact didn't he go on Rogan too uh, once upon a time. Uh, he he um, did
0: that a long time ago, pre-COVID, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, by re- video or something, I remember. Yeah, 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 he is, yeah. Pre- um, pre-COVID stuff. So finish your thought. So I guess my thought is that anybody who talks about COVID issues, whether you're anti-vax or pro-vax or in the middle or whatever, you know, everyone's um more, pe- people are craving that. So their platforms will grow. Everyone who talks about it. Um, so, you know, I guess like, every, like even you and I, are, you know, our show oh, is probably, you're right. Yeah. So I guess the question is, how do you separate you holding the view you hold from being pulled by the people you're reaching? And I, I struggle with it because like, you know, I mean, is Ashish saying just what he's saying just to get on CNN, um, is Malone saying just what he's saying just to be famous I don't know or or, or does he or is he just saying what he believes in you know people. Fa- so I guess how do you think about it that's what I don't know
0: oh I'm man I'm so glad you brought that up because it's true on the thesis side it's absolutely true there's a whole cadre of uh, mm-hmm. Nazgul that have ar- arisen as the dark lord rises of COVID <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that suddenly are empowered at, with influence and the same on the antithesis side and the same in the alt middle where you and I are for the most part um, th- There's there's a Okay, so your question is, how do you distinguish, I think, between what we actually believe that's actually drawing the audience to us, and that audience happens to align with us, and therefore yes. that's our audience, yes. versus how much of it then becomes a self-fulfilling, like yes. the audience now expects this, and this, and this, and this. So yes. this is a great question, man. And this 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 strikes at the heart of, how yes. do you do alternative media, right? So how do you yes. do it with integrity? So before COVID, I was a vaccine absolutist. Like I, yes. I was the guy that would, I, I I made a video saying, saying, yeah, right, zero tolerance for anti vaxxers. They are delusional cult members. And now I'm speaking in this nuance. So a lot of my early audience has actually complained to me. They're like, what happened to the 2016 Z Dog that we signed up for? Yes. And I have literally had to say, sorry, I've grown I've learned I feel like there's a lot of nuance. and this feel, is a
1: different situation it's a different situation it's
0: different the times have yeah. changed but the question is
1: but wait see, all, I just want to say I'm the same book oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. like yeah. pre-covid I'm uh, like what do I write I'm writing books on cancer drug policy the excesses of a pharmaceutical yeah. <laughs> industry you know I'm right. in the sort of deep left side of the issue and now right. I'm much more like following the data and yeah a lot of the people who used to love me hate me um and you know and people who used to who used to hate me love me you know I mean what it's true it's
0: true I've had what, and again how do you feel about this you know when you get a, well a really I mean
1: I know my compass I mean I don't yeah know how exactly I, like, I'll tell exactly. you how I know my compass like I, what am I you, you know you said you were an absolutist on vaccines before I'm an absolutist on data I have a set I've always had I don't know will anyone ever see it I always had the same principles one most things we think help don't help two don't the help. burden to, the burden to show things help should be high because people fool themselves three evidence is something that can easily be misinterpreted especially when you're anxious, afraid, or want to sell a product for, you know, so you have to demand good evidence. Be careful. If you think you can overcome mother nature, it's difficult to, and everything from cancer biology to the spread of an infectious pathogen. And so you can often do self-inflicted wounds when you try to do things. And that's a, the book Medical Reversal is about things doctors did that didn't work as expected. And a lot of the things I rail about on COVID are things we think are probably going to work, but may backfire, like vaccine passports, etc. Um And, you know, so I think it's a consistent framework, but- I well, how do you honestly, think that it? I mean, yeah. th-
0: honestly, that's why that's why I like to do
1: a show with you because I know this about you. You've been yeah. consistent.
0: In fact, I reached out to you years ago prior yeah. to COVID because I saw your work and I said, "This guy is as skeptical of how medicine does its business as I am," and and that was a that was a kinship, right? Because we both share that particular compass. And what's interesting is what I've had to learn, what I've had to grow into myself is understanding how how to to look at another side compassionately and be able to speak to them in a way that is accepting of who they are without giving up the fact that I actually think what I'm saying is right and I need to persuade you. So that's been a change for me that COVID helped to accelerate. Um, and the truth is, if you're not allowed <coughs> to change, grow, or, be, or have strong opinions, because you're afraid the audience is going to abandon you then that's a bad model right, right. which means you're okay. dependent right right I you're see. dependent on clicks so, so, and all that
1: so your survival <clears throat> mechanism is that you probably to a large degree you're willing to tolerate massive losses in your audience
0: yeah I am. In fact, I'm willing to tolerate care. it going to zero. Yeah, I just don't right. care. Just but it took care. me a long time to get to that point. You would have asked yeah. me five years ago to make, like, wait, you, you lose my whole audience? Like how, why,
1: what? So, so I, I have a few tactics up. and I'm curious what mm. you think. Like one tactic mm. is, um, this is one thing we defer a little bit. Cause you always nicely say like, oh, somebody wrote me an email and somebody wrote me an email. And I guess the truth is, you know, I, I'm I'm sorry people. I can't read your emails. Like I don't read them. <laughs> I don't I disable all the comments on Twitter. I I try not to look. Every once in a while, somebody I know like screenshots something and texts me like, hey, did you see this? I'm like, no, of course not. The other day, somebody Mm. asked me, they're like, oh, did you, um, (laughs) are are you going to have a phone call with Dr. So-and-so? And And I was like, who the hell is Dr. So-and-so? Oh, he he keeps (laughs) tweeting at you saying that he wants to talk to you about your interpretation of your study, of the the CDC study. I said, who is this dude? And he says, I don't know. And then he says, he, he says, you're not answering him. And I was like, yeah, of course I wouldn't be answering him i don't know who you are and then i uh, then i looked him up and i was like and this person like i mean it's like a ghost online no publications doesn't work at a university you know i don't even know what type of doctor this person is i'm like no i I hate to tell you i'm sorry i'm happy to if you invite me to give grand rounds at your, your university you want an oxford style debate and you're a decent university. I'm there, but if you want me to take uh, 30 minutes of my time and have a phone call with rando number 455,204, no, I'm not taking a phone. Are you crazy? I have so many things to do. I don't got time for these rando calls. Um, you know, but you know, if you want to have a debate on a show and record it so people can watch, yeah, I'll do that because then I think there's you know other people will benefit from it. But a personal conversation with someone, are you crazy? Dude, dude, no, they, they, no they they want a touchy feely person, and they're going to
0: get VP, right? And they can just deal with it and suck it. But like, but with me, it's interesting because what I do is I stop looking at comments. Yes, I, anyone yes. who tries to goad me in comments, but I let my emails. I'll yes. scan. I'll read every email briefly. Most of them okay. I just delete because I can't respond. But yes. that's my. So you said something. That's interesting. your middle they're ground. S- Yes. That's my middle ground. They screenshot it and they send it to you. This to me is a sign. That's, a, that's an activation energy. That's a threshold energy level. If people are, care that much to either go out of their way to do that or you hear it in, a, in a, you know, offline, whatever, then it's going to reach my attention. But otherwise, the, they don't reach activation energy and there's so much noise out there, right? So you have so to- So much noise, come on. You have to kind of set a threshold and- um, that's why Twitter. I agree. Don't like you. I, I mean, just dump and 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 run I hate it. to
1: tell people. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm like, I'm in clinic. I'm in the hospital. I'm writing Dude, these papers. I mean, like, I'm spread, and I'm getting like 400 emails a day. I'm like, totally. come on. I can't. I, I I don't have time for this look, shit. Look, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gonna, man. I, don't I don't know. Really I don't know. I don't know how you do what you balls.
0: do because because you're a full time clinician and researcher and you're doing all this stuff you don't have enough time to even tie your laces dude let alone answer a <laughs> single email and like for yeah, single, me this unsolic- is mainly
1: unsolicited email.
0: yeah right right I mean, for me it's like well this is kind of what I do now like and I feel so it's a little different ba- work life balance right um, so it's different because I'm not getting paid to see patients so it, it's a different balance but the truth is people need to understand that about each of us right like before yeah. they, they get really butt hurt when you don't answer their email or they get very angry that you're not responding to their tweet i think that's part of it people hold grudges about that shit they get emotional they're normal humans that's just oh he fucking he's too good to listen to me
1: it's like no we're too busy dude and we need our own sanity Yeah. yeah yeah and uh and again like there's a difference between a debate held on a neutral platform than having a rando talk with some rando. I mean, I no offense yeah, to some rando, totally. but like, yeah, like what are the rules of the debate and who's moderating and where are we going to do it? And yeah, you get something going that's kind of fun. Yeah, of course, let's do it. Be of fun. course. You yeah. Wanna, it, you want to 30 minutes of my time? No, I'm sorry. Uh, what do I want exactly. to talk to you for? And plus then, then to go and, you know I don't know what I don't even know I mean or you know or just send me write your criticism down and email me or whatever I mean I'm talking yeah. about a CDC study it's not even like you can direct it to the authors of the study you can skip the middleman. you know like right. what, do what do I care I mean I just told you what I thought you take it leave it that's it you go yep. on with life alright yep. so yep. Yep. we did a thing um, what did we not talk about I mean I think the core points that we agree and then maybe the places we have different sort of feelings where we agree is um, you know you can't silence joe rogan just like you cannot extinguish the sun (laughs) i mean he has seven million followers who are quite loyal he's ahead of cnn so let's not be silly two you shouldn't want to silence him you shouldn't want to you should want to engage um, because you know if you really care about those people who follow him you will try to change their mind as i hope my essay does to some degree um particularly around vaccination um, censoring is a fool's errand censoring is never going to be sustainable um, we live in a world where there's just too much information coming out for anyone to even parse to be a censor um, censoring is prone to abuse and censoring can backfire as it did in these two cases so give up on censoring That censoring is the hallmark of a weak mind uh, the third yeah. point I think we agree on vaccines good, adults should get vaccinated um, uh, uh, definitely you ought to do it and you know uh, we've been big proponents for that Um, at the same time, there are a few places where our vaccine policy can be safer, uh, adolescents, boys, uh, and, and then the the same thing as mandates may not make sense. Um, and that's a separate issue. Uh, but the places that we, and then the last thing is that these guys fear mongered a lot on risks of vaccines and they kind of probably wrong about early treatment and sort of conspiracy theories. And then the places where, you know, I guess we feel a little bit differently emotionally is that, um, you know, I think you I mean, forgive me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but you feel like that these guys are doing a disservice and are going to hurt people, and you're not sure what their motivations are, and you think that you know too many people are being influenced. And I guess I don't disagree, um, you know, with that feeling. Um, but I'm equally concerned by people who are doing a disservice and harming people who work at universities, setting stupid policies. Um, and they bother me more, perhaps because I feel like they should be smarter, uh, because they are at a good university. So, uh, so I don't know. I mean, anything I'm missing? I think that kind of—that's how I God, feel I about this. Th- I think that's a
0: pretty good summary, man. That's really good. I, you know what I liked about this episode is that we really—it it was a great discussion, like going back and forth, and like, okay, where where do we agree? Where do we find common ground? That's that's how sense making needs to work in the public sphere, right? Um, because sometimes you and I get we're so simpatico about so many things <laughs> you know we, it's yeah. almost a, instantiating a little group think of our own right um, We are and simpatico. people
1: we are i mean that's yeah. why we're that yeah, we're self selecting to kind of yeah know, but I know, I know.
0: every now and again we really got to yeah it's good to have you know at least play devil's advocate as much as we can and, and, and then get maybe we'll have to some point we'll have to get guests here and just really kind of so, somebody who challenges our thinking you know, and yeah. forces you to stand up and beat them into submission, VP. Just smack them, silly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Intellectually. I
1: guess, or persuade them lovingly. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> that, the, there's one that. One or the other, but yeah, I guess that will be interesting. Um, I don't know, I mean, I think, you know, y- you make me think about interesting things, actually, because I'll tell you, prior to this conversation, I hadn't thought so much about why Like, why does it bother me that Stanford is making a double vax 20 20-year-old get boosted who already had Omicron? That Mm. really irritates me. And Malone Mm. irritates me, but I also feel like... I guess, let me put it another way to put it to you. I'm still struggling to articulate this. In human society, there will always be a Malone. I mean, whatever the issue is, from an asteroid is going to hit Earth to how the tides rise to, you know, in every walk of human life... There's going to be some fraction of people who are looking for an alternative explanation, dissatisfied with the status quo. They're going to look for somebody who tells them something different and they will find such a person. There'll always be that, especially around issues like health where, you know, the funny thing about health is lots of us have it, but it doesn't last forever and we're all going to lose it someday, you know? And so there's always the opportunity for cupping and acupuncture and, you know, bullshit drugs that don't work and, you know, all that sort of, you know, predatory stuff, um, So I feel like the Malones to some degree are inevitable. For every Malone you extinguish, there'll be three more Malones. I mean, I don't know what their names are, but you know, people who come along selling these things. But the institutions doing a better job, I feel like is addressable because institutions are few and far between, particularly with places with legacies like Harvard and Stanford, um, uh, the New York Times. These are places that are venerable, that have institutions and credibility, and they should aspire to be better than the average person or the average communication. They should aspire to pursue critical thinking and rigorous critical thinking and be better about it they should aspire to hold debates among seasoned debaters thoughtful people and they shouldn't get policy wrong and they should be willing to readjust when faced with that error um and so i guess i don't know i'm trying to articulate why they need (laughs) a clubbing more than a malone needs a clubbing
0: I think that's a good, that's well articulated. I, you know, I, I would say this, I'll, I'll add this third component, which is those of us in this space, this kind of middle, alt middle media space that are trying to make sense, I think it behooves us to, when a mal one, because that's the literal Malone <laughs> bad one, <laughs> mm. arises. Um, you know, it's easy to spend all day playing, you know, whack-a-mole, whack-a-mole. with these yeah, kind of things, right? Is.
1: Whack-a-mole, yeah.
0: But I think teaching people the, the skills to actually recognize good thinking and bad thinking, their own biases, um, Try to make connections between people's morality and wh- why they believe they, the way they do and their motivations and what they're saying and the propositional things they're saying. I think that's important. So I agree with you. I think we got to hold our institutions accountable, which we're doing a pretty good job of, you and I, on the show, and also teach, hold the population accountable to be better stewards of knowledge and sense making. And I think we can do that. In tandem, I think it's good. I, I like the way you articulate that. That's actually really helpful because people do, they they will, one of the big criticisms of us is why are you so hard on the mainstream and less hard on the antithesis?
1: And that's a good articulation for why we yeah, tend to focus on the that. the mainstream is not whack-a-mole. There's only one mainstream. They can do better. Yeah. And ironically, yeah. if the mainstream does a better job, they'd be less, um... Uh, 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 less uh, kindling for the for the whack-a-moles agree you know, agree. they thrive on the absurd like when you see absurd policy run by the cdc and nonsense that's being said by the cdc director of course you reach out for the nearest malone but if the cdc yep. director could just be a little bit better and admit some truth you know maybe they yeah. wouldn't pre- okay anyway
0: we did a thing I it's agree. good to talk to you pleasure as always it's a joy. Subscribe to the show, share it everywhere you can. Check out both of our channels, Z Dog MD Show and Plenary Session, and we are out. Thanks, VP.